So for those of you that are guests, we have just been in a series, um, sermon series, since Pastor Dave's last Sunday with us um, in early February on a life of rest. And so we explored and looked at how the Lord had designed rest, had designed Sabbath, calls us not just Pastor Dave and Ann to go spend an extended time in rest, but every day we're called as a church and as believers into this place of abiding and resting in him. And we culminated that on Easter and looking at the source of our rest in Jesus. And so then today we transition and we start a four-week series on a life of love. Certainly, love was portrayed on the cross through Jesus. And it's um, part of our vision. Our vision here is that God's love is changing our hearts, our neighborhood, and the world. And our mission is that, empowered by the Spirit, that we as Christians identify our gifts and use them, learn to use them to advance the kingdom. And so Mark up here is our director of children and youth. And today he is going to, under the authority of the elders of this church, we've, um, I've looked over the sermon, we've heard it practiced, and he is going to bring the word this morning. And if you want more information about how that works, there's an insert in the worship folder. But we're delighted that the Lord has given gifts, and um, Mark is going to use the gifts that God's given him, um, the Lord helping him. And so I'm mm-hmm. going to pray for him, and then he's going to bring the word. So, yeah. Lord, um, thank you. It's already been prayed that you would empower Mark. And we trust by faith now that you are doing just that. Would you also empower us, Lord? Would you give us ears to hear what your Holy Spirit would say? Lord, help us to know this love story and to be able to share your story with the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Gina. Good morning. morning. It's such a privilege to be here this morning to open up the Word of God with you. And I hope that after hearing this message that we will all be convinced that Jesus calls and empowers his disciples to model and share the good news of his love everywhere. So for our scripture today, we'll be reading from the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 through 20, which is on page 1553. This is called the Great Commission. It's pretty short, so I'll give you another second to open up and okay so the great commission then the 11 disciples went to galilee to the mountain where jesus had told them to go when they saw him they worshiped him but some doubted then jesus came to them and said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. A few years back, my wife Rebecca and I started to feel a call to be more involved in missions. And so we started to look for a mission trip, and we found one that was going to Romania to work with orphans. So we went on this trip and worked with kids that had been abandoned by their families, 
for one reason or another, they were sent off to these orphanages and kind of warehoused there, put, they were out of society, kind of hidden, and they didn't really have anyone to love them there. They didn't really have anyone to help them grow and to thrive. And so it was just kind of a bleak situation that they were in. So we went there, and um, our hearts were kind of broken for them. God worked in us and showed us a lot more love, I think, than we were able to show them even. We learned a lot about love just by serving them. So after going there another time, we started to feel called to go there full time, to leave everything that we had um, kind of built up here in America and to go and serve those kids. And so as we were hearing God call us, we were really excited but also really nervous and kind of scared. Like, uh, what is this going to be like to go over to a foreign country when we've never even lived very far from Grand Rapids? Um, We're leaving our friends and family and getting rid of all of our stuff and going over there with six suitcases. So we had, you know, butterflies in our stomachs as we thought about doing that. But I praise God today that God went before us And in that call, he empowered us to work there. He poured his love into us so that we could pour our love into those kids. And so God just blessed that work. And through that love, God called many of those kids into his love. And they ended up accepting him and becoming his disciples. And so what a privilege that he asked us to be a part of that. Our text today in Matthew follows the short account of the resurrection that we read last week for Easter. Matthew's main goal of writing this gospel was to show that Jesus is the Messiah and the king overall. And so he skips over many of the appearances of Jesus in between the passage where he rose again last week and this passage of the Great Commission. And by doing that, he gives a sense of urgency and a sense of continuity to the call that the king, Jesus, is giving to his disciples. This call and mission was to make more disciples, not just from their own people, the Jews, but from all nations. A disciple is one who accepts and passes on the doctrines of another. A disciple models the rabbi. Jesus was the disciples' teacher, and he modeled perfect love to his disciples. He showed them the kingdom that he was bringing in, and he called them to then go out and spread his kingdom of love by making disciples. I imagine, however, that when the disciples heard the Great Commission, they might have felt overwhelmed and confused. They still thought that Jesus would establish his kingdom on earth at that time in a manner that was different than what he was thinking. When he came into Jerusalem the week before he was crucified on what we call Palm Sunday, everyone was cheering him on and they were all excited that this was finally the time. The king was marching into Jerusalem and he was going to establish his earthly and eternal kingdom. They thought that the Messiah would free them from the Roman rule that they were suffering under and that this would be the start of his eternal kingdom on earth. But then the crowds turned on him. 
fueled by the deception and the jealousy of the religious leaders, they arrested him and all the disciples scattered. When they crucified him, their hopes were dashed. How could he establish his kingdom now? Then he rose from the dead and their hopes were renewed. They thought, maybe now is the time that he'll establish his kingdom and free us from the oppression that we're facing. And then he said, you are going to be the ones to bring in my kingdom in this great commission. That they would be the ones that he would use to build up his church. And that wasn't what they expected at all. Also, at this point, they still didn't understand that God's plan of salvation was for all people. Jesus had sent them out to witness two by two before, but he had limited their ministry just to the Jews. The Jews kept themselves away from other people. And so him telling them to go out to the Gentiles would have been quite shocking. But he had spoken about this with them many times. They just didn't understand. God had been revealing his plan of salvation to save all people ever since the book of Genesis. When he called Abraham to leave his country and go to the promised land, he said that all nations and all peoples would be blessed through him. Then Jesus came and told Nicodemus the reason why he came in the familiar verses John 3:16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Jesus' death on the cross demonstrated his love for all people. He came into our broken and sinful and vulnerable world and laid down his life as a martyr for us because of his love. He was the one that would rescue people from the clutches of sin. And this was his plan, that he would pass this on to the disciples and that they would pass it on to others. They knew it wouldn't be an easy task, and they probably didn't feel like they were the right people for the job. They were a bunch of ordinary men with no formal training other than what Jesus gave them by modeling. They were a ragtag group of fishermen, tax collectors, and radical nationalists. The majority of their own people had just rejected Jesus as king. And they didn't believe he was the Messiah, and they certainly didn't want to become his disciples. How would the disciples convince them? If they didn't believe when Jesus was there, healing the sick, restoring sight to the blind, raising the dead, and forgiving sin then what could the disciples do or say to make them believe that Jesus was the King and the Messiah? Then taking the gospel to the Gentiles would have seemed even harder. They didn't have God's law. They didn't know who Jesus was. They worshipped idols. They were involved in the occult. They were sexually immoral. And sometimes they were even hostile to the Jews. How would they convince people to give up their sinful lives and follow Jesus? They couldn't do this on their own. Just like the disciples were called to spread the love of Jesus to the nations, Jesus calls us to do the same. We sometimes struggle with this call of evangelizing and making disciples. 
because it sounds so overwhelming and difficult. And we might not feel like the right people for the job either. There are more Christians than ever in the world today. Some estimates say that there are around 2 billion Christians in the world, with the uh, largest population of them being in the United States here. But the population of the world right now is 7.5 billion people. That means that 5.5 billion people need to know the love of Jesus. Some of them haven't even heard who Jesus is. Each one of us here today has heard the gospel, maybe for the first time today in John 3.16, or maybe for the hundredth time. God is calling us to pass that on. People who haven't heard it or who don't understand it, they need someone to tell them that Jesus' love is waiting for them. We need to tell them. But just like the disciples didn't fully understand God's plan of salvation, many don't understand it today. Many people think that they need to earn God's love or that there's no way that they could be good enough for God to love them. Think about your neighbors here on the west side and around the city. How many of them need to know Jesus? Do they know that Jesus came and died for them and that he offers his salvation as a free gift? We have a middle school youth group here that we call Gold Rush. Most of the kids in the group are from the neighborhood. And when I ask them who Jesus is, some of them do know that he's our Lord and Savior. Others think that he's maybe a teacher or someone who did a lot back in history a long time ago. And still others don't really even know who he is. They need to know that Jesus died for them. Because many of them think that there's no way that he could love them because of what they've done or what they've been through. They think that they might need to earn Jesus' love and so that there's no way that they could come to Jesus and that he could love them. We heard this from so many people and so many of the kids that we ministered to in Romania as well. Bad things happen all the time and, and we just get wounded and hurt and we start to believe lies about God and about ourselves. And people, we need to know the truth of Jesus' love for us. The West Side is a mission field just like Romania is. The whole city and our whole country is, an, is a mission field just like Romania. You might not be called to Romania or to international missions, but God has called you right here to continue to tell people the good news and to make disciples, growing his kingdom and spreading his love. So why does it seem so scary and difficult to share our faith in Jesus? We often feel inadequate for the task, so we keep it to ourselves, not trying for fear of failure or rejection. Just like the disciples, we don't know how we can make a difference and we might not think that we could have an impact. We might be afraid of what people say of when we tell them about Jesus. They might think that we're weird or dumb for following something that they think is foolish. If we share the gospel with them and they reject the gospel, then we feel like they're rejecting us personally. And no one likes to feel rejection. 
it's harder to pass on faith to children these days because they're so connected to each other that parental and adult influence is declining. Also, maybe we don't live any different than the people around us who don't know Jesus. And so our witness about Jesus is diminished. People see hypocrisy, and that's not attractive to them. Or maybe we don't know how to share the gospel in a way that connects with people where they need to hear it. Maybe we feel powerless to help someone's situation in a way that would bring hope and love into their lives. These are all real fears and hurdles to sharing the gospel with people. But the truth is, we can't do it on our own. The good news, though, is that Jesus empowered the disciples with everything they needed to succeed. They had been with Jesus for three years, learning from him as he modeled what it meant to be his disciples. He was training them for just this purpose, to spread the good news to all people and to make more disciples that would make more disciples. And in this way, his love and his kingdom would spread like wildfire throughout the generations. Take the woman at the well, for example. Jesus modeled to his disciples how to love somebody that was different from them. He talked with this woman who was not a Jew, and he didn't judge her. He shared with her in love who he was, and she came to faith in him. She came to believe that he was the Messiah. Then she went to her village and got all those people there and said, hey, look, this guy, this has got to be the Messiah. And many of them came to faith too. That was Jesus' model of how this all works and how he wants us to do it. In verses 19 and 20 of the Great Commission are instructions on how to make disciples. Becoming a disciple starts with following the rabbi. So the first step to make disciples is to share the gospel with them which is the good news that Jesus died to save us from our sin and that this is a gift that he gives with grace, not something that we have to earn. After receiving this gift, baptism symbolizes being buried with Christ and being raised to life as a new creation. Baptism in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit shows that we follow the three persons of the Trinity, which is God. The next step that Jesus gave is to teach people to follow his commandments. This is when we come to the modeling of being a follower of Jesus Christ. He gave us all of his commands and his teachings in the Bible, which we have and we can read. And he asks us to really just love our neighbors. The great, two great commandments that he said were to love God with all our heart, and mind and soul, and the second was to love your neighbor as yourself. He said those two commandments summarized the entire law that the Jews had. And so those are really, really important. Jesus gave his authority to the disciples, and he enabled them to go and tell the world about him. In verse 18, Jesus told the disciples that he had been given all authority in heaven and on earth. After his death and resurrection, he was seated at the right hand of God and given this awesome authority. Having all authority in heaven and on earth is a big deal. 
it means that he has authority over angels and demons, over unbelievers and believers, over governments and powers. He has authority over sickness and death. He has authority over what spiritual gifts to distribute to the body in order to grow his kingdom and spread his message of love. No one and no thing can challenge his authority. And then he said, therefore, go and make disciples. When we see the word therefore, we need to really pay attention because it's a connecting word. So he's saying, because I have this authority, you can go out under and with this authority and use that authority to make disciples of all nations. When they went out to spread the gospel and to make disciples, they weren't just going out on their own, on their own authority. They were going out with his authority, the highest authority possible. And so when they told people about the gospel, they told people about Jesus' love, they listened because they could tell that there was something special behind those words and behind those actions that they were showing people. Jesus assured the disciples that they wouldn't be out doing this alone, that he would be with them and he would empower them to do what he asked. In verse 20, Jesus gives the ultimate encouragement. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He's saying, I'm not really leaving you. I will be with, by your side as you do this. You're not doing it on your own. And I'll never leave to the end of the age. After this encounter, the disciples went back to Jerusalem and Jesus met them there again. And he shared with them something else that was encouraging. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Before this, the Holy Spirit had only come on people to do specific things at specific times. Now he's saying the Holy Spirit is a gift that's being poured out on all believers to empower them and enable them to do what they needed to do. Jesus, sitting at the right hand of God the Father, works through the Holy Spirit, and he empowers us through the work of the Holy Spirit. When the disciples went out to start spreading the gospel and making disciples, God enabled them to do the same things that Jesus did through the power of the Holy Spirit. They healed the sick, gave sight to the blind, they raised the dead because Jesus was empowering them to do that. God was doing those things through them. And God does those things today. But the most miraculous thing that God did through the disciples was grow the church. The gospel spread and many people accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior. Many people became disciples. And in fact, we're here today because of that. I think it's very encouraging that Jesus empowers us to spread the gospel and to make disciples, don't you? He is the one who gives us the words to say. He takes away all fear. And he makes the seeds that are planted grow. The pressure is off from us. He simply calls us to share his love with others.
and to model for them what it means. We see this playing out today on a global scale where disciples are being made in amazing numbers in Asia, in Africa, in the Middle East, and elsewhere. We hear a lot of gloom and doom about America because we are actually living in one of the few countries where Christianity is on the decline. And so that means, I think, that we have to step it up. We have to follow Jesus' command to go and make disciples of all nations, loving them in all we do. It starts with us. Jesus calls us to accept him as, his Lord, as our Lord and Savior and to become his disciples. And he calls us to go and help make disciples. Each one of us is at a different stage of discipleship, some stage of discipleship. Some of us are just exploring Jesus, trying to see what he's like. Others are following Jesus, others surrendering to Jesus, and still others knowing Jesus. When we answer God's call to live like him, he gives us rest, he grows us in our faith, and he grows us as disciples. Then we can go and model that to others. Because of the authority that Jesus gives us, we can bring Jesus' love to earth and participate in his plan. When we live in the authority that he's given us, our witness is powerful. For those who believe they aren't good enough to ex- that Jesus would accept them, we can show them that love is real. This kind of love isn't just a love for, that we say, it's a love that we show. We can come alongside people get to know them, and show them that love is real. We can talk about our faith with them. We can encourage them. We can help them with their needs. These are all active ways that we can share the gospel with people. Jesus shows us what lies we believe about ourselves, and he wants his love to break the power of the lies that we believe about ourselves. Sometimes we believe that we're worthless, or stupid. Sometimes we believe we don't deserve Jesus' love or that we could never be good enough for Jesus. But those are lies from the devil that Jesus wants to break with the power of his love. But people will only know if we tell them. They need to see love that's authentic because people can really sense when someone's not being authentic. And so being in Christ and being empowered by him gives us that chance to be authentic and to show people that Jesus loves them and that he wants to invite them into his kingdom. We can be used by God to do this because Jesus is with us in the power of the Holy Spirit. He uses all of us despite our weaknesses and shortcomings. We don't have to be afraid of what people think of us when we share the gospel with them because Jesus is pleased with us when we do that. When we share the gospel with people and we share them love, love with them, how they react doesn't reflect what Jesus thinks of us. And so we don't have to be afraid. 
We also don't have to be afraid of rejection, even though it does feel like they're rejecting us. When someone doesn't accept this, they're not rejecting us. They're rejecting Jesus. And he's already experienced that in a big way when he was nailed to the cross. He can take it. And he takes that burden off from us so that we don't have to feel that we're afraid of being rejected and that would stop us from sharing. We can serve and pray for children to know Jesus and to come to faith in Jesus and to be his disciples. We can also spread love by serving people in different ways. Living our lives according to God's word and being an example to people. Showing them that when we live with the light of Jesus in our life, that we have something that's attractive and that they want because they can see Jesus in us. It's refreshing and the truth brings hope and love and life to people. Also, when we talk to people about Jesus, we don't have to be afraid of what to say. He gives us the words. He tells us what we can say and he shows us what steps of faith we can take in order to touch people's lives. We're connected to Jesus through the Holy Spirit and through prayer and he's always with us. When we rely on him, he gives us the words to say and he takes the burden off from us and he leads us. I experienced this in a really big way the first time that I came to this neighborhood to minister on a neighborhood outreach. My friend Jay Knobloch was leading this outreach. Rebecca and I had been in Romania up until about two weeks before this, and Jay had always talked about what he was doing in Grand Rapids. And so I came here, and Jay gave a little bit of a teaching on how we listen to the Holy Spirit while we're talking with people. And so we we took some time to do that, asking God if he had any directions for us. During that time, I saw a couple of different things that I wasn't quite used to, okay? I saw my wallet, I saw like a picture of my wallet opening up and money coming out. And I also saw um, and heard the word hungry. And then I also was just feeling a, a pull over to the Pearl Street Bridge. Okay, so then we formed groups and Caroline was in my group. She also had the word Pearl Street Bridge. So my group went over to the Pearl Street Bridge. We saw some guys there, and I asked the first one, Hey, how are you doing? What do you think he said? I'm hungry. I said, Wow, that's amazing. That is the word that I got in my, that God gave me. And so then I went to Big Boy and I took my wallet out and opened it up and paid for these burgers that I got. And when we brought those back to those guys and we were able to talk with them, share the gospel with them and pray with them, and they were so thankful, they could tell that we were being led by the Lord and so could we because there's no way that I could have made that up. God was leading us. He was working in their lives And in our lives, as we were ministering, showing the love of God to them, and it was amazing how he was working through that situation. I probably don't have to say too much more about this, but um, 
I'm excited to be doing this more as the weather gets nice, as we start to go out into the neighborhood more, and as people are out and about, and we just see them, pray for them, talk with them. It's a really great thing, and God leads us. He's the one who gives us the words to say to them, and he gives us the strength to minister to them and to show them God's love. So where are you today in your discipleship journey? Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Are you being discipled by a more mature Christian to increase your faith and your love for Jesus? Are you looking for more opportunities and training to be able to engage in this ministry with Jesus? Remember, that Jesus calls and empowers his disciples to model and share the good news of Christ's love everywhere. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you empower us, that you modeled how we can show love to others. God, I pray that you would pour into us so that we can pour into others I pray that you would help us grow in our faith and our love for Jesus so that we can pass that on to others. Jesus, I pray that you would show us how to spread your love and your gospel in this neighborhood, this city, and the world. Amen.